Hello, my loves, and welcome back to the Raise Your Vibration podcast. I am so excited to be here with you today. My name is Shelby Rose, and I am an energetic and business guide helping you align, activate, and expand your energy to create the life and business you're wildly obsessed with. I believe that every single one of us has a path that lights us up, makes us excited to get up every single day, and brings massive service and impact to the world. In this podcast, we'll tune into our soul's true desires, take ownership for every single thing in our lives, and shift our vibration to embody the queen we came here to be. You deserve this. You get to have it. Let's go create it. All right, friends, welcome back to another episode of the Raise Your Vibration podcast. I am excited to bring this message to you. It is something that has been inspired by the recent events in my life and the healing process that I'm going through and something Lauren, Megan, and I chatted about briefly in our conversation together a few episodes back. And that is deeply trusting yourself and cultivating that trust with yourself, whether you are, you know, in a place like I am right now where I'm coming off of a time in my life where I, I feel like I've broken a lot of trust with myself. And let's be real, we've all done this at some point in a time. Maybe we get into a toxic relationship. Maybe we fail in a business. Maybe we fail in a, you know, discernment of the people we're surrounding ourselves. Maybe we did something stupid or what we feel is stupid with our finances or we got, you know, we didn't take care of ourselves. So we got sick and, and we break the trust with ourselves in so many different ways. And something I started to really think about and when I'm, you know, I'm starting to pull some research together around why we get into these really unhealthy, toxic relationships and how we really bypass our own intuition to allow these things to unfold. And that's something I had shared in one of the episodes I mean, I had to take down is that when I encountered people that I knew, like, or, you know, I, 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 I didn't consciously maybe know this, but I, I had that sense that they maybe weren't the healthiest people to bring into my life. I knew that instant I met them, but I bypassed that intuitive hit. And maybe it was more of like a subconscious kind of knowing for some reason. And, you know, there's a lot of things I've questioned over the past couple of weeks. And one of those has been like, if I had trusted myself more, if I had had a deeper relationship or a deeper connection with my own intuitive capabilities, would would I have allowed this to happen? And I don't know the answer that, to that, you guys, because I believe that there are some things in our life, I think there are some hard things we all encounter in our lives, and this being one of them, for me specifically, there I really feel like everything that's happened in my life in the past six months was a soul contract. I believe that there was no way I really could have bypassed that. Maybe, right? There may, may that, that very well may have been true, but I 
And there's no way of knowing the answer. And the other piece of this is that there are things in all of our lives that are here for our lessons and here for our soul growth. And as much as I believe in rainbows and butterflies and things getting to be really good, what I can tell you is that every day, it blows my mind actually. I'm gonna go off on a little side tangent. Every day I'm waking up, the past few days at least, and I'm like, God, life is so fucking good. I get to drink my coffee and read my book and enjoy the sunshine and talk to my beautiful friends. And I have, you know, the birds chirping outside my window, like life is just good. Now, if we actually looked at things from a logical perspective, I'm like, I shut down my business that I love. (laughs) I had really manipulative human beings in my life for a couple of months. I got rid of my, the love of my life, Sage, truly, like, I'm going to cry saying that. I can't even talk about her without, like, I'm going to stop there because I'll probably start crying and I would like to actually share a message with you and not cry on the podcast. But everything about my life that I truly, that brought me joy is no longer in my life. It doesn't make sense that I can still wake up and feel joy. But I do. And it's not been easy getting there because trust me, the first month I got home, I wanted to just like sleep until noon because I was like, what's the point of getting up? Like that's little, that's little like, that's the real raw truth. And that's something I really want to bring to you guys is like the realness of this. But I believe that we cannot experience the joy in life without contrast. And one thing I realized that the past six months, I was really trying and maybe not the past six months, but especially the past few weeks, two months, I was trying to avoid the really hard stuff, the really hard emotions. And it's something I've done my entire life. Like I just started crying again, maybe two years ago. Like I basically just avoided all my hard emotions. So I didn't really feel real pleasure in enjoying my life. Cause I was, you know, when we numb one emotion, we numb, we really numb them all. But and I'm really getting off on a tangent, but maybe this needs to come through and you guys know how it rolls. So we're going to roll with it. So that's one thing that became very apparent to me over the past few months is that I was not feeling the really hard stuff. And part of why I left everything behind, I believe maybe this is part of the shadow work that I needed to do in this experience, is that I felt nothing when I was there. No pain no real joy, but just like kind of peace, numb peace, but it was peaceful. And what I'm realizing is that taking all of that away, all the numbing away, all the Novocaine away, and I'm here and I'm experiencing some of the hardest times in my life, which is like, I don't know, everything going on in the world, feeling all of that and then feeling all everything else that has really, you know, gone away in my life at this point in time, it it doesn't make sense that I should be feeling that joy, but I am. And I don't know who needed to hear that, but it is not the message I plan on sharing today. I also call this trauma brain where you can't stay on topic and you, you can't focus very well. So you guys roll with me. 
Okay, but what I really wanted to share today is that would this have happened if I deeply trusted myself and I didn't bypass the intuition? All that was a great message, but let, let's get to the point of what I actually wanted to talk about today. Um, I, you know, and, and it's something I've been reflecting a, a, about a lot because a lot of the people I've talked to who've also had manipulation in the spiritual world, in the coaching world, who've had narcissistic relationships, who've had narcissistic therapists, you guys, and there is no, I did a poll on my Instagram story, there is no place where these abusive relationships don't exist. I, I just believe that to be true. And I don't believe that like everyone is bad and there's darkness everywhere, but I do believe like there's just these contrasting relationships we, we encounter to develop our own intuition. And what I want to share with you today is some of the signs that I've had that I've avoided some of the places where I don't fully trust myself and why I think it was so easy for me to just fully give up my power because it's something that's been ingrained in me, I believe for lifetimes, but at least for this lifetime of someone dominant comes along into my life and I give them all of my power. Someone comes into my life and tells me they know the truth. Someone comes into my life and tells me they're better than me, whatever the situation may be. But I always trust that person over my own internal instincts. It's something, a pattern I'm realizing now. It's something that's coming to the surface now. It's something, the shadow part of me that I'm realizing, oh my gosh, I give my power away really, really quickly to just about anyone. And I was talking to Jamie, who, if you guys don't know, is the part my partner that I had in San Diego. And she's like, I didn't even realize this. Like you kept saying something about codependency and I didn't really understand what you meant, but I see it now. It's something that most people who are close to me don't really see until they see it, right? It's like one of those things that's not even obvious to people who are really close to me. But once I encounter that extremely dominant relationship or person that comes into my life, I'm basically like handing everything over and surrendering to this individual. And I think many of us do this. If you've been in a narcissistic relationship, if you've had that best friend who tells you what you can and can't do or what you should do with your life and you trust them, if you turn to everyone around you, right? This isn't even, this is the level of we us not trusting ourselves. It can be as basic as you're asking everyone around you what you should do with your life. You're hiring coach after coach after coach to tell you what your purpose is, or you're getting psychic reading after psychic reading, or you're going to this person and this person, but we're not actually tuning into ourselves. And it's something that's subtle, right? I didn't think I was hiring coaches to tell me what my purpose was or what I needed to do with my life, but maybe there was an aspect of that. And I think coaches and mentors and therapists are incredible. And I think sometimes we allow our codependency to come up and we want to trust everyone outside of us who we believe may be farther along, who we believe may be more spiritual, who we believe may be a farther, whatever it is, right? We want to say, oh my gosh, they know the answers. They have the power. I'm going to give it. I'm going to give them my power because I don't know what to do with this. And what it comes down to is we're not actually trusting ourselves with the massive amount of power and light each and every one of us holds, each and every one of us, because every single soul came here with a purpose. Whether you believe that or not, you see it. 
you see the people who came here and, and, and it's, it's, it's not just people like Gabby Bernstein who are living out their purpose. It's also the janitors who just seem to be so fucking lit up by what they're doing in the world. And they go home to their families every night. And that's what, that's what they came here for. It's the mothers who are fully came here and said, I know I'm supposed to be a mother one day. And they fully embody that. Right? We have to remember that everyone came here with a purpose, but it is not someone else's responsibility to figure that out for us. But most of us block the messages that want to come through for us, the information, the instincts, the like wisdom that we have about who we are because we don't trust it. Or maybe we don't believe we're worthy of the purpose that God has given us. Or maybe we don't, believe, we don't trust that we are capable of actually fulfilling it. Or maybe someone told us that we're not good enough or you don't have that or whatever it is and we believe them. So I want you to look at your life and really start to ask yourself, was I taught and raised to trust myself? Were the people who were around me, maybe it's your parents, maybe it's your extended family, maybe it's teachers, mentors, I don't know, right? But did the people in your life, the people around you really help you develop self-trust? So for me, I don't believe that to be true. And it wasn't, it was, I really believe it's the community I grew up in um, and the time I grew up in, let's be real. I still grew up in a time when, at least in the area that I'm in, where women seem to be more of the submissive type and men seem to make the choices. At least that's how it was in my household. And that's subtle. It's nothing wrong or bad. It's kind of just how my family has operated. But my dad makes most of the decisions in my household. At least that's how I perceived it when I was young. And my mom kind of just goes along with it. And in religion, we're taught to, at least the religion I grew up in, we were taught to, these are the rules. There's no variation. It's only black and white. This is the ultimate truth. And if you don't fit this box, you're bad or wrong. I wasn't taught to develop like, who am I? Who is Shelby? Who did I come here to be, right? It's be good, be quiet, get a full-time job, do this life, check the boxes. And as much, you guys, I cannot tell you how much I wished that that's the life my soul had chosen. I wish I could have been content when I became a dietitian. I truly do. I would give anything to be like the average American person, right? Who wouldn't? It's easy. It's the easy path. Maybe not, but if that's your purpose, it's probably pretty easy to like go to to work, rely on someone else, come home, do dinner, go to bed. But no, 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 no. My soul didn't choose that. But I wasn't taught to, I wasn't taught that's the way things are. And what I'm trying trying to explain to you is, do the people around you ask you what you felt and thought? Did they ask you about your opinions? Did they make you feel or allow you to feel at that young age when we're developing and growing that what you feel and believe to be true 
is your personal truth? Was it taught that you could have open discussions? Was it taught that different belief systems are okay? I even think about, and girl, you know, again, small town Minnesota, you guys, and I keep going back to this. And again, I don't believe everyone's beliefs here are the same, but I remember when a large small land population came into St. Cloud, which is a little bit bigger town near the town I grew up in. And I remember that being like the worst thing in the world that these people were evil, that they didn't, you know, they can't drive. It was like, they, 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 their belief systems are so bad, but not for a moment did many people in this community stop to pause and think about where are they coming from? What are their belief systems? Is it okay that their belief systems aren't, are different than mine? Yes, there's maybe some things that don't fit our cultural norm, but where are they coming from? We don't stop to understand, right? That's another way that we're taught not to trust ourselves because the moment we step outside of the box, and I talked a little bit about this on the previous episode, the moment you step outside of the belief systems of what is okay based on your area or maybe your family or your religion or your school, whatever it is that didn't allow you to expand into trusting yourself at the end of the day of like trusting yourself means actually being who you came here to be. And if your belief systems were different, even as a small child, you may have been kind of programmed to not believe what you knew in your core to be true. And I think about this of walking down the street when I was a little girl and I remember two gay men holding hands and we were walking down, I think we were walking in Minneapolis because there's not a lot of, um, there's a few gay people in this small town now, but not a whole lot. <laughs> and I remember the discomfort of the people I was with. I was, there, I was with adults and I just remember there like being looks exchanged between the adults of like, you gross, right? And I knew in that moment, I was like, that's not right. That's love. I could see it between the two people. I was like, no, that's, that's love. I could feel it as a little girl. Didn't understand, but I knew that to be my personal truth of that, that gets to be love. Is that love for everyone? No. Are their belief systems their own? Yes. Is that okay? Yes. But I was not taught that if I had a different belief system, that was okay and accepted. Not in that moment, right? So we have to think about our little moments of trusting ourselves. Because in my small community, being gay was, you're a faggot, right? And so maybe that was something that existed in me. And this is something I've thought about a lot. Maybe that existed in me prior to me being an adult. I'm not sure. Was I allowed to trust or go there or explore? Probably not. So... Why I bring this up is start to reflect of like, was I taught to trust myself or are there situations in my life where I very easily handed over my power to other people? And how can we start to develop deeper trust? So you know you're probably not deeply and completely accepting, trusting yourself if you feel afraid to actually be who you are in the world. If you want to be someone else, right? <laughs> trust me, I would go to that normal average life very, you know, hashtag easy button. Do is, you know, like I think about, and it's not something I want, like dating females. Was that an easy choice? No, but is that part of who I am? Yeah. I believe that's part of who I am. And I believe that's part of my path. Like I, it, 
it's not an easy thing, but I'm choosing to trust myself that this is my personal truth, my personal belief system. I believe that we get to manifest. <laughs> I was fishing with my dad yesterday and I was like, dad, what's your mindset around catching fish? Cause we were catching nothing. He's like, well, shut up. <laughs> we joke about me manifesting, but it's, it's, I've gotten to the point and I'm still not there clearly because I've allowed people to take my power away, but I can say my belief systems without totally backing down and shying away from the fact that those are my belief systems. But it's taken me a long time to get there and I still have work to do because I still find myself feeling like I need to dim down or avoid or hide or not fully expand into my own personal truth. And I think that's the deepest level of trusting ourselves is owning our personal truth and our tr personal belief system. So the second part of this is we can't just blindly walk through life and say, my way is the only way, right? Like I think there is something really powerful into each and every one of us having different belief systems and something I'm realizing being here back in this small town. And I'm using this example so much because it's just like so eye opening to me to come back to a place that I haven't lived in over 10 years and be like, wow, you know, I haven't spent more than a few weeks here since I, I really, my freshman year in college and it's eye-opening to me how different points of views are here versus living in California, right? Very <laughs> pro-Trump here. <laughs> Very liberal democratic in California, right? The viewpoints are just different. And maybe in both sides of things, people just kind of trudge through life being like, my way is the only way, but we have to look at that. That's trusting ourselves is also trusting the fact that we can look at our own personal shadow, right? That we can trust ourselves to look at our shadow. I'm not saying any belief systems are right or wrong. I'm not getting political here. But what I am saying is, can we do the internal reflection? Not, our, not every trigger is our shadow. Again, I've talked about this, that some triggers are just red flags. But we also need to like balance that, what I, what I said about trusting yourself with also trusting the fact that you need to be able to go in and look at the shadows, right? Because I need to be able to go in and say, okay, I know that being and dating females is a part of my path and who my soul came here to be. I believe that to be true. And I also can look at the fact that one that creates a bias in me Two, I have shadow around internalized homophobia, which most of us do, whether we believe it, admit it or not, right? So I go, there's, there's trusting your belief systems and what you believe the world to be true, but also trusting the fact that like trusting yourself enough to look at your own shadow, that's a level of trust. It's not just the airy fairy, this is who I came here to be. And don't get me wrong, that shit's awesome. I love it. I'm here for it. I'm here for the rainbows. I'm here for the pink cloud. And... There's a level of this where we have to start to realize that self-trust is admitting to ourselves where we have blind spots. Trusting ourselves is admitting to ourselves and saying, oh my gosh, maybe all my belief systems aren't in alignment with who I came here to be. Maybe not all my belief systems are truth to everyone. Maybe there's different perspectives and viewpoints to this. And... 
then the, the, the other layer of this is how do we start to deepen our level of trust with ourselves, right? So doing the shadow work and being able to admit that, being able to look at that, owning our shadow, because here's the piece that I'm realizing is that oftentimes when we're not owning our shadow, when we're not owning the parts that we can't see, when we're not owning our blind spots, we do have an opening for manipulation. And this is what occurred with me. I had blind spots. I had things that I wasn't openly admitting to myself. I had things that I was spiritually bypassing and they were played upon. The things that I was ashamed of myself for because I didn't trust myself. Maybe it was, you know, with certain areas of my life where I didn't fully trust my own intuitive guidance, my own shadow. Those are the parts people play on and they pry on and they manipulate. But the moment we bring the things we are ashamed of to the surface and we no longer feel the shame, but we feel acceptance towards the things we've we thought we feel should feel ashamed of or that we've been taught we should feel ashamed of. When we start to bring those to the surface, there's no shadow for anyone to, to manipulate. There's nothing for people to pry on when we are fully loving and accepting ourselves, when we're fully loving and trusting ourselves. We don't have an opening or a weakness. When we're so solid in our belief systems, no one can come to us and tell us they have the ultimate truth without us questioning it. And so how do we start to form deeper bonds with ourselves? Number one, doing our shadow work. And I know that's like a really vague term because it's something that I'm like, okay, how do I do? Because I think I'm doing my shadow work and then I'm not, right? But I think it's just really, really witnessing is how often do I fully feel, right? When I, I, knew, I knew something was off, and around January, I was like, wow, I really haven't like had a good cry in a while. I don't really feel like I've felt something has just felt off. Um, yeah, because I wasn't doing like the deeper looking at what, what am I not hearing from my soul? Where am I not fully feeling? Where am I not processing? So I, I don't know what the answer to doing your shadow work is, but I think it's witnessing what, what's going on. Am I actually feeling things or am I just kind of moving on, moving forward, moving on, moving forward and not creating the healthy environment for myself to really be grounded in my own belief systems and truth? Um, another way, Lauren and I talked about this on her podcast episode, Lauren Megan, um, and that's using things like angel cards or oracle or angel numbers or oracle decks. Um, I even like have been practicing interpreting my own dreams instead of being like oh what did this dream mean what did this angel's number mean what did this oracle deck card i pulled mean it's just like trying to start to interpretive what what is this message message trying to bring to me and so i'll share the example last night i had a dream about and i don't i don't do this with every single dream i have because i believe a lot of our dreams that we have are really just like our subconscious processing shit and it doesn't make any sense. But there are sometimes dreams I wake up, I was like, there's something about that that's meaningful, right? Like you just kind of get the sense that like something about that felt really like more obvious in my brain. So this dream I had, I was an Olympic athlete, <laughs> which is funny, in running, which I don't do. It's always fun. I was like getting ready. It was... I remember my, like a few of my teammates had gone and I didn't fully feel prepared for my race and they call my name up 
And I'm like, oh, fuck, I was still in my sweatpants. I had to like whip my sweatpants off, whip, whip my sh- sweatshirt off. And I like threw my phone in my leggings. It was like a really weird thing. And, and I just felt like so like all over the place. And I look at my coach. I'm like, okay, coach, what am I running? And he's like, what do you mean? What are you running? I'm like, what am I running? He's like, well, you're in the mile. And I was like, great thank you. And I go and I'm like, I get on for like the starting line and I go to run my mile. And then I woke up and I was like, I feel like that's where I'm at in life right now. And then, so this is where I was starting to develop my own intuition. So that might be something totally different to you if you looked at that dream. But to me, it just felt like, put me in coach. It's time for me to go. It's time for me to do what I came here to do. I'm not really sure what that is. I'm not really sure what that looks like. I'm not fully prepared, but I'm ready to step up to the starting line. And that's what that dream felt like to me. And that was my own interpretation. And that's me developing trust with my own intuition, with my spirit guides, with my team, with the people who are guiding me on this journey. That's me starting to develop that intuitive knowing. And to me, that just felt like, cause the past few days I'm starting to feel more and more like myself. That to me felt like we're here. I, we know you're not ready, but you've got this and it's time to go back in. And if you hear a dog panting, <laughs> Dodger has joined us, my parents' pup. Um, So I think one part of that is really doing our own interpretation, right? Like Lauren said on the last podcast is like, every time you see an angel's number, instead of looking up what it means of like, what does that mean to me in this moment? I see 818 everywhere and that's Jamie's birthday. And it's like my little sign that like our spirits are communicating. We're sending each other some sort of like love, guidance, warmth. Like it's just like a intuitive knowing that I have. And instead of looking up what it means of like abundance and all the things I've done it already, I'm just tuning in of like, what does this mean to me in this moment? If my card pulls, I want to read everything, but I, instead of reading the book first, I'm looking at them and I'm saying, okay, what does this mean to me in this moment? Dodger's really panting right now. So if you hear that, (laughs) My podcast would never be complete without a, po- without a dog panting in the background. Um, what do I believe, right? That's another thing of like, can I hold my beliefs? And this is something that I do not do well. Full transparency. I have a blind spot. I can see a million different sides of the same argument. I can see every person's I, you know, I just want to believe everyone is light and everyone is love. Everyone has good intentions. I see both sides of a coin. Like I think about fights and arguments that my friends have had. And I remember like listening to one side and then listening to the other. I'm like, oh, and then this, and then this, and then I'll believe this person. Then I'll believe this person. You know what I mean? It's like, I struggle to maintain my beliefs when there's everyone else's arguments are on the table. Everyone else's belief systems are on the table. And, you know, I had an encounter with someone over the past few months whose belief system was that we will be really severely punished if we don't follow these spiritual leaders and if we don't do exactly like whatever and we don't say small and we don't dress a certain way. And it was like, it was a really weird belief system, but the way they portrayed it and the way they argued it made me start to believe it. 
right? So people have conviction and we start to trust them and we start to believe that. This is where I struggle and this is where I have to come back to what is my truth, right? In every moment, instead of being like, oh my gosh, and even what I'm saying now, you guys really like tune in and listen what feels like truth to me and what doesn't. Because at the end of the day, no one knows the ultimate truth. No one. That is only the divine. And what I can do here in this moment is say, in my little bubble of reality, what do I want to believe is true? And for me, I believe that love is real. I believe that I can co-create with the universe. I believe that while we have these contracts to complete certain things with people and events, that we also have free will. I believe that we came here to be the soul our, and the, 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 the personality that the divine gave us. I believe our desires, our soul desires, not our egoic desires, but I also believe that sometimes our egoic desires aren't all bad, like we have portrayed them, but I do believe that we came here to fulfill our soul's desires. I believe that we all came here for a purpose. Those are my beliefs. Can I be easily swayed? Yes. But when I'm grounded in my beliefs, it's harder for me to lose myself in everything else, in all the other noise. I have been a person who my entire life has sought external validation for who I am. I'm still doing it. I came home and I wanted my dad and my mom to approve of me and they really approved of me not having a business anymore. <laughs> really approved of that. My mom, my mom appreciates what I do in the world, but they don't fully understand it. And they want me to be safe and secure. And for a moment I was like, Oh, finally they validated me. Right. And I wanted that. But the truth is like my soul didn't come here to work at a nine to five. I know that it sucks. Right. I wish it I wish my soul did, but deep in my heart, I know that's not the truth. And I have to look at that and know that like, I'm the only person who can validate that. I'm the only person that can believe that to be true. And I have a choice. Like, am I going to live or fulfill the life that everyone around me wants me to, or I'm going to fill the life that the divine and I decided on before I came here. I have to decide what's true for me. And as much as that sucks sometimes, because sometimes our truth isn't an easy one for everyone around us to handle. Sometimes it's not even an easy one for us to handle. I know the more I step into the truth and my truth, and the more I am grounded in that truth, the more I am living out what the divine really meant for me. And I don't believe, I don't, I don't believe this bogus that, you know, God only loves the people who are straight. I don't believe the bogus that God only loves the people who are, and we all know that. Like, I, I think deep down we all know that, like, the divine loves us all, no matter who we are. So we have to stop seeking the validation of what others think and believe that's the only way we can start to get grounded in our truth. And you're probably sitting here wondering, well, Shelby, how do I stop seeking external validation? <laughs> I'm still working on it. I think it's, I think for those of us, and I don't think everyone was, I don't think everyone came 
here with this wound, but it is a wound that I have. And it's one that runs deep for me of like wanting approval from others. I don't think all of us came here with that. Maybe to some degree, but some of us got it real bad, real, real bad. <laughs> I was one of them. Um, but I, for me is the more I've really stepped into loving and accepting myself for who I am and focusing on making me happy instead of other people happy, the more that I've been able to step into my truth and accept myself and, and fully like embody that I don't need that external validation. Now, was the past few months a really big fucking test and a, like a, a hiccup and something that I had thought I'd healed? Maybe it's just the next level. I bumped up against an upper limit. Yes. And I believe that this is just showing me where I get to trust myself more and where I have more shadow to to dig up and where I need to fully step into what I'm doing. So it's a, it's a process. It's a journey. It's not like a click one and done. I'm going to trust myself forever. Click one and done. I'm doing what I'm like, I am who I'm fully meant to be in this world. No, I think there's layers. And I think we will be tested of like, are you going to continue to maintain who I told you, you, who I told you you were here to be, even when shit gets tough, even when I throw this obstacle your way. I believe that we'll all encounter obstacles at some point in our journey. I believe that we are not immune. Like I think about some of our greatest spiritual teachers, um, like Ram Dass. He was 60 when he had a stroke and he wrote his last book. I don't believe that just because we're spiritual beings makes us fully immune. And again, these are belief systems that I get to change and mold makes us or allows us to be fully immune to life, right? Because we came here for growth. I don't believe that we never encounter something that's not maybe a little hard at times, but it's what we do with it. And it's who we decide to be through that. And it's how we decide to keep going forward and moving forward in the direction that we are meant to be in, whether that was set in our path for a reroute or whether that was set in our path for more growth or whether that's set in our path for that next level of shadow work. We don't really necessarily always know, but we get to choose what we do with it. And, you know, one thing that I was really struggling with all this was a lot of shame around what happened. And I wish I could tell you guys and be open. I know I've mentioned here, there's some legal stuff that I can't fully share what has occurred over the past few months, but I felt so much shame about doubting my belief systems, about letting people down, about choosing this path, about letting go of everything in my life. I feel so much shame around being a bad dog mom. Like there's so much shame that's bubbled in the surface, you guys, over the past few months. And I want to remind you that when something in your life happens and you may notice people walk away because you've made a mistake in their eyes, right? You've chosen the wrong path in their eyes and it's okay. You get to let them walk away, right? It's okay that not everyone can hold you through that or can see your light through that. But remember that you're not bad you're not wrong, that no matter how much hurt or pain or things that you have done in other people, people's lives, like you always get to return to the light. That is always an option for you. 
I believe the people in my life that have done me the most harm and the worst shit still have a lot of light, right? They still hold a lot of light. So I have to extend myself the same amount of acceptance and love that I would my enemy because I have an easier time doing it for others than I do for myself. That's how I'm wired. (laughs) Not everyone's wired that way. But you have to remember that you're not a bad person because you have done bad things. You're not a bad person because you have done shame things that you feel you should be ashamed of. At the end of the day, you are the one who decides who you are in this world, no matter what anyone tells you. So if you believe at your core you are a good person, you don't need other people to validate that for you. You just go be that person. People will see that. You don't, if you believe that you're meant to have abundance, you don't see that right now. No one around you believes that to be true for you. Or people think it's bad or wrong that you desire that, but you know you're on your heart that is something that the divine has placed there. You don't need anyone to, to validate that for you. I'll validate it for you right now, girl. You go get that abundance, <laughs> but you don't need anyone to tell you that that's okay for you to have or that's okay for you to take. I love Lori Harder's intro. It's like, we don't wait for something. We take what's ours. I, I can't remember the intro to our podcast. I should. I've listened to it like a million times. It's been a while. But I love the intro to that because it's really, we take what's ours. No one is going to tell you this is yours. You go get it. No, you have to know what is meant for you. Whether that's a relationship you are looking to pursue right now, starting your own business, whether that is hiring a coach, whether that is creating a life of freedom, whether that is traveling the world, whether that is getting that nine to five that no one else around, like whatever it is that people maybe aren't giving you that validation for, no one outside of you can validate what you are, who you are, and what you came here to be. So that's your reminder for the day. I love you all so fucking much. (laughs) Truly. I like... I'm grateful you're here. I'm grateful you tuned into this. If this is an episode that resonated with you, if you have a friend or family member that you know may need to hear this or that you feel like will just resonate with the message, please do share it with them. Share it on your Instagram story. If you haven't already, please, please, please leave a review. You guys don't know how much that helps this show get into the hands of more people who need it. And... Again, if you had asked about the manifestation or the fearless codes, you can get those at the website and the show notes. Um, It's like shelbyrose.org. You can just type that into your phone and go there now too. And that is all I have for you guys. I love you and have a magical day.